welcome, welcome, welcome to the Small Market Podcast with your host, Kentucky and Hoffman. How you doing today, Andy? I'm doing real good, Hoffman. How you doing? Fantastic. First of all, I want to shout out to Heather and Holly on 228 East Main Street in downtown Midland. They, they've been a proud sponsor, a proud advertiser of us. So I just, before I forget them, I want to mention them as, pos- as much as possible because I want to just completely whore out anybody who supports us. Support those who support us, right? Right, That's, Kentucky? that's exactly right. Exactly. So today on our show, we were very lucky. We got him at kind of the last minute, but he said yes, and I'm very proud of that. Kind of proud of myself as a producer slash co-host. I'm beating my chest quite a bit, Watucky. Take it easy there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, this is this is awesome. Okay. I'm just really, really excited that we got, uh, we got Mr. Joe Volk, um, formerly of... That, well, if you know that name, you know where he's from. He's he's from Z93, formerly of Joe and the Poor Boy. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that or not, but I'm saying it because he's, he's got his own honest. he's got his own own podcast, Joe's Disposable Podcast. Right. Uh, he's he's a media personality um, throughout the Great Lakes Bay Area. Exactly, and now he's he's working for um, a local local minor league team. I'll just say that. Yeah. Because I don't know how much we're allowed to say, or but he is he does quite a bit over there, and he's also kind of working for ESPN, and he does like like what Tucky said, he's doing Joe's Disposable Podcast, which we asked him about it, and that show has kind of been on hiatus due to due to due COVID. to COVID. Yep. I think the last show was like maybe April eleventh, maybe that we listened to, mm-hmm. but he was talking about uh, Mr. Kaline's passing and um some thoughts on esports right and things you know sports kind of shutting down in general altogether um we're still going (laughs) his his shows won't stop can't stop won't stop don't (laughs) stop whatever we're we're uh we're resilient aren't we Watucky? yeah you you can't kill us off i know we're just gonna be here and we've got nothing else to do so we're here my wife just loves it when i'm out of the house (laughs) Absolutely. And when you take so, the kid so, with you, too. So does the neighbor. Right. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but especially when you take the kid with you, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. He yeah. has a good time as well. He has more fun than either of us combined when right. he's when he's hanging out here and, and doing the show. Anyways, this is our show with Mr. Joe Volk. And uh, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. We talked to him a lot about the recent, the recent firings of uh, Matt Patricia and and Quinn, and where we might go from there. Take a listen. I've been a big fan of you. We both have big admirers of you. We've watched, we've heard John Z93 for years, and we loved you, and um, it sucks that it's, I mean, they're cool, Matt and Adam, but we miss you, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this morning we've been, yeah, we've been uh, binge listening to Joe's Disposable Podcast. Now, do you still... Do you still do Joe's Disposable Podcast, or is that kind of on hiatus with the COVID? It's on hiatus with the COVID. Understandable. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, first major question I wanted to ask you about is what's your reaction? You, you're kind. I assume you're a hopeless Lions fan like I am. Uh, what's your reaction to the, the Lions firings, them get, letting go of Patricia and Quinn this week? Well, you know, it wasn't really uh, unexpected. Uh, it's what happens when you uh, you 
you know, the, the whole New England thing hasn't worked around the NFL. I mean, name me one New England coach or one New England person that's been successful on a consistent basis. None of them have been, you know. And and that's because they're, you know, they have that they have that damn New England arrogance <laughs> where they think that they're smarter than anybody in the room. They think that just because that they've won, you know, they've, they've leached off Bill Belichick for a while. But even Bill Belichick, you know, while he's a great coach, if you look at his drafts, his drafts are disaster. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's one thing. It, it works in it works in New England. Okay, they've been very successful. They've won six Super Bowls and all that. But will that work elsewhere? And it's being proven, you know, I mean, Look how long it took Josh McDaniels to get his doors blown off in Denver. You know, <laughs> he was so arrogant he thought that Tim Tebow could be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> you know, Patricia, I mean, he takes that whole, you know, I'm New England and it's my way or the highway. Well, it works in New England, but it doesn't work anywhere else. And that's what, you know, it's it's arrogance. It's that New England arrogance, you know. You've got to get the guys to play for you. You yeah. know, in New England they'll play because they've won the Super Bowls. You know, you take that you know, approach to Detroit, well, you haven't won anything. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it's funny that you, you say that because I've, for years, I've always kind of felt like the the draft was the least important thing on Belichick's agenda every single year. You know, and to us, like Lions, we're Lions fans, we're always like, who are we going to draft? We agonize over it and we stress over it and like, how are we going to mess it up this year? What what tight end are we going to take that we shouldn't have taken in the first round? And it just seems to be the the least, the last thing on Belichick's mind or on uh, on that New England organization's mind. So, well, the trouble with the Lions draft is when you draft where the Lions have drafted, you know, being you know fairly terrible for the years. How many impact players have they drafted? Like impact right. players, you've got like. Last year, you've got the number three pick, you know, and the, the kid can't even see the field, you know. <laughs> that's not an impact. That's not an impact player, and I don't care what position it is. I mean, he's been horrible this year, and you got to hit on that, you know. Hawkinson's a, a, a good tight end, but is he an impact player with the number eight pick? No. You know, I mean, it's just you, you build – you build – by drafting impact players, and they haven't drafted any impact players. Agreed. Uh, uh, Joe, I welcome hey. again to the Small Market Podcast. Andy's got a question N- for you now. Now, going from one bad coaching to the next, uh, Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, I've been hearing a lot of people say he might be a candidate for the Lions job. What are your thoughts on that? Should they reach out to him? Should they no. not? Harbaugh's got the same trouble that the New England guys have. Arrogance. You know, that's what's killing the University of Michigan is Harbaugh's arrogance. We're going to do it my way. We're going to do it, you know. You know, you, you look at you look at the, the arrogance of the New England stuff. You look at the arrogance of Harbaugh. You know, just admit it. You're not as good as uh, Ohio State. You know, is Michigan anywhere even close to Ohio State, Clemson, no. Alabama? Nowhere's near it. You know, are they? But they're they're so arrogant that 
they think that they are. Well, that probably goes to their branding and their tradition that they always keep pounding into people's heads, you know, leaders and best type of thing. And maybe that compacted with Harbaugh is just, uh, like you said, that arrogance is just too much to overcome. Well, the whole University of Michigan thing is arrogant. I mean, that whole Michigan man. You got to bring in a Michigan man, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, hell, I'll take the best. You know, bring in the best football coach, and you know, with you know, not only with Harbaugh's arrogance, his his players haven't gotten any better. No, they haven't. You, know, you look at you look at somebody like D'Antonio, and D'Antonio was a good coach at Michigan State until again his arrogance, you know, started to get got the best of him. And, you know, at least his players got better. You know, he was taking three stars and four stars, and his guys his guys got better. Name me a Michigan player that's gotten better. Right, right. Jake Rudock you the know. first year. <laughs> well, and he wasn't even his. He was a grad transfer. Yeah, he was you know? primarily developed by uh, Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Yeah. So if not Jim Harbaugh, then, then who would you like to see? Any, anybody? Oh, I don't know. I I just, you know, I'm more concerned about the general manager than anything. Sure. Yeah. You know, the guy, the guy making the picks, you know, the guy, you know, hiring the coach, you know, he's the, he's the linchpin, but, but where the Lions, where the Lions have gotten, gotten so off track and why they're not, and they never will be a, a good football team. Until they, all the great football teams have have core values. They have that. This is who we are. We know who we are, and so we bring in people that fit that mold. We bring in players that fit that mold. That's why you know the great franchises will will have a dip, but they won't be horrible. You know <laughs> because they they know who they are. You know, like a Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh knows who they are. You know, a Baltimore knows who they are. A Green Bay knows who they are. You right. know, what are the Lions? You know, something under Jim Codwell before that, or something under the guy before that. You know, there's Martin Mayhew as the GM. There's Matt Millen as the What are, you know, what are our core, this is what we do. This is how we play the games. Well, <laughs> well, and that's a, a question that I think got uh, Patricia in, into some hot water um, a few games ago. Was during a press conference, they asked him, "What is your identity? What's the team's identity?" And he gave probably the worst possible answer you could get. He just kind of was like, ah, "I don't think we we really have an identity, or that doesn't matter." And like, oh, just yeah, you know, yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna play this this style of football. This is right. what we are going to play, you know. Exactly. And and they don't have it. Right. And they probably never will have it. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean now I've been watching for a long, long time, since I was just a little guy and you know, uh like Wayne Fonts, Bobby Ross, all those guys, and they've always been like nice guys or players coaches i want a tough coach in there now why is that such a difficult thing to to bring into detroit i mean 
You no. see, I would disagree because because Patricia was that guy. He okay. was that tough. It's my way or the. You can't you can't do that anymore. The goal of a coach is not to see how tough you are. The goal of the coach is to get those fifty three guys to buy in to your to your system and move in the same direction. Now, some coaches can do it in a tough way. Some coaches can do it, you know, in a in a player's kind of way. The most important part about being a coach is being able to get those 53 guys to buy in, you know, or at least a majority of them, or at least your stars to buy in. Because you can be the toughest guy. Like, look at all the guys that Patricia, by this tough guy, chased out of town. You know, look at the, the, the guy from Seattle, safety. Um, yeah. Look at uh, Darius Slay, you yeah. know. Right. They they chase Darius Slay out of town, so they have to burn a number three pick overall on a cornerback. Yeah, you know? who honestly yeah. is not that effective, but I mean, yet anyways, yeah. you know. It, it just, it has, you have to, especially today, you have to have, you know, to be an effective coach, have to have buy you know mm-hmm. you look at look at uh look at what made phil jackson such a great basketball coach sure he had better players than everybody else but he got them to buy in to all work toward the same the 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 great coaches are the guys that can motivate their teams you know look at uh uh Dabo sweeney gets his guys to buy in yeah. Now, Saban does it a little bit differently with the authoritative, but either way, they've got to have buy-in, or else their teams won't their teams won't succeed because they're not all working for the same for the same goal. If the players aren't bought into the coach, and the coach isn't bought into the system, you know, then you you have what you have as the Lions. Right. Well, and. I my philosophy is I think that's effective. Like the tough coach thing is effective in the pros, not quite as much in in college. Like the Bobby Knight thing, I'm surprised he got away with it for so long. But that was a different era, even. But I miss like Vince Lombardi and like that kind of tough guy thing. I they kind of command respect just on on their toughness and their demands and what they ex- like their expectations from a team especially a professional team, you know, like the Cowboys are, they've got this kind of, uh, bar that needs to be, you know, met. Um, to me, as far as the Lions go, like the cringiest thing probably in the whole league was that Darius Slay incident and him coming out and talking about it for one, you know, I, I felt like that didn't do Darius Slay any favors, um, because it, it kind of, to me, portrayed him as soft, and I was like, all right, fine, see ya. It's good luck in Philadelphia. But then Pat- Patricia came out and was like, well, you know, maybe I addressed that the wrong way, and I, you know, he kind of waffled a little bit, and I thought, like, well, you know. He did, because, you know, you, 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 you know, you, different things motivate different guys, and the idea is not to have a tough contest or a soft contest. The idea is to win football games. Right. Yeah, you know, and and so are the Lions better now with uh, Darius Slay in Philadelphia? No, 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 <laughs> no they're not. You're right. You, you you won the battle. You lost the war. Right. <laughs> you, know, that, you you 
just have to figure out, you have to figure out the best way that you can get those guys to do what you want them to do. You know, because you look at, look at Andy Reid. He's not a tough guy, you know. No, right? he's very soft smoking. They'll, they'll play for him. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the goal of everything is just to get you guys to play for you. So, well, yeah, you it's know, almost like you did. Means, Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Whatever means you have to use to get him to play for you, you know. Some guys respond positively to being yelled at. Other guys, you can't yell at them, or else they'll shut. You'll shut them down. Right. You know? Right. Well, my my theory is like, look, when I was playing little league, I didn't want like a a tough coach or anything like that, or like rocket football. You don't. You're still learning how to play the game. But if you're a professional and you're making millions of dollars at that point, you should be able should be allowed to like stomp me into the ground and run all over me. You know why is that not allowed? I mean, making twenty million dollars a year, you're making more than the coach in most cases, and you know that's it, it's inappropriate for the coach to be getting in your face. You know, I I don't know. That's well, just me. But see, see. They could all take a lesson. Tom Izzo's a master of this. Okay? Sure. Tom Izzo knows the guys that he can he can yell at. Tom Izzo also knows the guys that yelling at at them would be the worst possible thing to do. You know, you motivate individual players by how you know, how the individual. Some guys you can you can get on. Other guys you have to put your arm around them. And explain because people are people are different, you know. And if you have if you're if you're a player, you know, if the player is important to your team, you know, don't respond to the to the yelling at or or they don't respond to the soft guy. I mean, the the greatest coaches are the are the guys that can look at the his group of guys and determine which guys need to be need to be kicked in the butt and which guys need to be hugged. And if you can do that, that makes you a successful coach because again, the idea is to win games. Right. I would say like Matt Patricia could be also a case of not just arrogance, but not knowing his audience or being tone deaf right. in that regard. Right. So. Right. I mean, having Darius Slay in Philadelphia down, did that work for anybody? No. You know, right. having the, who's the, uh, Who's the safety in Seattle? You know. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. He was one of the guys that was a leader in the locker room. They were saying until they yeah. got rid of him, which was just mind blowing when they did. Why yeah. would did that work for him? No. You know. No. Right. Right. Well, I, I concede. You have a perfect example you know, in Tom I mean, Izzo. You know. I didn't even think of him, but I mean, I I think he still kind of carries over from uh, one generation to the next. He he can kind of get away with the tough thing, but he's also got like kind of a soft spoken thing publicly. You know, whenever he's on the radio, he seems like the kind of guy you want to go have a beer with. But uh, well, you know, the thing is, is is no matter what your approach, whether it's a tough guy, whether it's a soft guy, if those guys in the locker room don't think that you have their back, no approach is going to work. Sure. Yeah. You know. Because again, you've got you've got to lead, but to lead, you've got to build credibility. You build by building credibility, is guys in the locker room 
think that you have their back and their best interests at heart. Absolutely. You know, and that's what, that's what motivates, you know, that's like, you know, and again, Izzo is a perfect example. He knows the guys that he can get on. He knows the guys that he can, you know, then he also knows the guys that I got to take a different, I got to take a different approach to this guy because this guy isn't wired this way. The Small Market Podcast will be right back with our interview with Joe Volk. Wataki here from the Small Market Podcast, encouraging you to support those who support us. Visit Heather and Holly in downtown Midland, 228 East Main Street, for your finest chocolate needs. Also, visit Good Sense Coffee at goodsensecoffee.com. Listeners, use promo code SMALLMARKET at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. All right, here we are. We're coming back with our interview, our special interview with Joe Volk, right here on the Small Market Podcast. Have you heard anything about the Memorial E Cup, Joe? About <laughs> oh, the one the Spirits playing in? Yeah. Have you heard anything about that? What are your thoughts? Me as someone that grew up uh, playing baseball, and, and I played video games too when I was younger. I, I, me personally, I can't get behind watching well, someone play a video game. Well, explain what that is. Do you want me to, I'll yeah, explain why don't you guys explain is. what it is real or briefly? Do you want to explain, then... Joe? If you know no, what? Go ahead. Okay. So for our listeners out there, it's it's basically every team from the CHL has a representative player that's going to play the video game, play their team on the video game, and they play head-to-head competitions, and it's one team elimination until there's a, a champion crowned, and apparently esports has become this this big money-making thing and it's sponsored by kia kia of canada and i I, me i don't know i just i thought we were done with it when nascar was done doing their thing and now here we are and they're and they're doing it for the ohl i just think me personally i think it's corny joe what what are your thoughts on it well you know during this pandemic everybody's looking for a way to, to you know keep some cash flow coming in you know and if it's if it's, you know, cash flow, you know, if it's people are willing to sponsor it, you know, people are willing to uh, watch it, you know, who am I to be the arbitrator of, you know, I mean, because it's, it's tough right now during the pandemic, you know, keeping, you know, keeping cash flow, keeping uh, money coming in, you know, and the OHL is doing what they have to do, I guess, to, to, to at least keep some money coming in. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue you know, that. There's there's no way to argue that. you got to do what you got to do to stay afloat. You know, so, your thoughts, Hoffman? It, yeah, I, to me, it's the dumbest I mean, thing in the world to watch somebody else playing a video game and for that to be aired on ESPN. Well, I, I don't know that it's being aired on ESPN. Is it on anything, Joe, do you know? I don't think that it's aired on ESPN. Well, Joe, you were kind of talking about it a little bit on one of your podcasts, one of your past shows, where you said that it uh, it was being aired on ESPN, watching um, watching people play video games on ESPN. It's rampant on YouTube. It's rampant on Twitch. People, pl- if I'm going to play a video game, I think I'd rather just do that. I'm not a big video game person, anyways, but I'd rather just be doing that in my living room. I don't care if anybody's watching or not. But now. 
that's become a sport because there's no other sport. There was no other sports going on at the time. I mean, cornhole was was an event on ESPN at one point. So, you know, (laughs) it's just kind of like, how bizarre is that? Have you you ever, you know, ESPN ESPN had to do something, you know, I mean, you got all these hours of programming, you know, and (laughs) there's, there's no, there's no sports. I mean, there's only so many times you can, you can rerun, you know, 1990s, you know, basketball. Right, right. Before you, you know, you have to, (laughs) well, we got to, we got to air something. You know, when you can't air, when you can't air, you know, Sports Center because there's no sports to report on. You know, <laughs> just you know, I mean, esports on TV wouldn't be my cup of tea, but apparently there are people that watch it. So you sure. know, I mean, I mean, I can't. You know, what what have you been I watching? Yeah, my question is, what what have you um, been watching there? What have you been? What's been captivating you? Because you're you're a sports fan as well, so what's been keeping your attention? Or is there something coming up that you're looking forward to, like college basketball or, or baseball or something? No, I think college basketball is always it's good. I like uh, I enjoy watching college college basketball. You know, I saw Michigan State beat Notre Dame. You know, I think uh, you know that game that game Tuesday night against Duke is going to be really really interesting. Mm-hmm. Know. Um, no, I kind of, you know, I watch, I watch a little bit of uh, pro football. You know, I watch some of the Lions. You know, and you know, that's fairly awful. <laughs> I mean, the Thanksgiving game was fairly awful. Yep. I mean, that was. Yeah, I've. You know, and it's. I, I've made the joke that I'm I'm breaking up with the Lions this year because I've been a diehard fan for years, and I so I'm finally breaking up with them. But I keep kind of like turning, they turn my head a little bit, just enough to watch them a little bit on Sunday and watch them go downhill or fail or whatever. But um, I'm not sure. Well, what do you, what kind of pieces do you think they need in next year's draft or during the offseason? They never seem to make a whole lot of like free agency moves or, or anything like that. I mean, like Weaver with the Pistons, he's like, he's dealing. You know, he's making all kinds of, he's picking up guys just to wave them later on. You know, what do the Lions have to do to, uh, to me, I think they have too many holes. What are their main holes? Well, I think until the Lions, again, as mentioned before, until the Lions get that direction, until they know who they are, you know, who are we going to, who who are we going to be? You know, then that makes that makes everything, you know, a lot easier to to fill in the pieces. You know, like uh, you know, offensively, I think the you know until they can figure out a way to run the ball and see running the ball is it's not running the ball for yardage that's important. It's running the ball when you have to run the ball. Right. You know, when you go up by when when you get the ball back with four minutes left and you're up by three and if you run for a couple of first downs, the game is over. That's yeah. when, you know, running the ball when you have to run the ball. You know, statistics in football are 
biggest or the biggest lie, you know, that that there that there is. Football is all about situation. You know, your defense can statistically be one of the best defenses ever, but if you can't get that stop in the fourth quarter when you need that stop, I mean, all the statistics don't mean anything in the world. Right. You know, it's kind of like it's, you know, when you, when you need to, you can not run for a hundred yards, but if you run for 35 important yards in the fourth quarter to salt away the clock to win the game, you know, which would you rather have? Right. The latter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, that's, that's what you, you have to be able to, you know, in the Lions, you know, they, they, they don't know what kind of defense they want to play, and they can't run the football. Mm-hmm. You know, their their quarterback is a more than adequate quarterback. I mean, right. I don't know. There are you know you look at you look at the way pro football is played today, and you have to have a quarterback that can can win you the game. I don't think having a quarterback now that won't lose you a game works. You know, and I think you're seeing that in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Is he a quarterback that can win a game? Or, you know, because basically during the during the pressure pressure games, you know, he hasn't been able to do it. I think you're starting to see that in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Uh, as he's gotten older, he's gone from a guy that's a good, that can carry a team to more of a game-managing quarterback. And without the defense around him, they can look like a mess like they did last night. Well, see, Brady's problem is what I've been talking earlier about identity. You've got a coach that wants to throw deep, throw bombs. You've got a quarterback whose best attribute is is short ball control passes, and that's where the collision is. Yeah, but it it shows up statistically because I believe he's got more interceptions this year than he's had in his entire career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know they they've got to decide they've got to decide what style of football that they want to play. Right. Is it is it wrong of me <laughs> to to kind of argue for Stafford as being an elite quarterback or no? I mean, am I way off base? Because the guy has the statistics, know. you know. Don't know. Well, Not he has sure. statistics, you know. I mean, when you're thrown for 200 yards in the fourth quarter because you're down by two and a half touchdowns. Yeah. You know? But no, I think I think I think Stafford is a is a top 15 quarterback. I mean, look at you know when you look at when you look at the NFL, you know. Okay, who are the guys? that you would rather have than Stafford. Yeah, there's you not know? a whole lot of other guys I would I would choose, honestly. I mean I mean look at the look at the NFC North. Would you rather have Kirk Cousins? Right. Would you rather have uh, right. would you rather have Mitch Trubisky? Nick Foles? <laughs> I mean Yeah. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is in a class by himself. Russell Wilson's in a class by himself, but yeah. I mean would you rather have would you rather have Stafford or, or Kyler Murray? Right. You know, right. would you rather have you know Stafford or 
who's the guy in L.A.? Goff? Yeah, yeah. Jared Goff. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, start, that's a good point. When you start making comparisons like that, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, it's easy. Cut the quarterback, get rid of him, yeah. get rid of this big salary. But I tell you what, if, if you don't have the guy that can win a game for you, you're not going anywhere. You know, Absolutely. Do you think that do you think that the Bears feel confident when they put old Nick Foles out there that he could he could on any certain time win him a game? Right. Somebody in that you know? somebody in that locker room must. <laughs> right. You know, and that's you know, the jury the jury's still out on Stafford. I, sure. I'd like to see him I'd like to see him play better, but if if he had a run game, would he you know, would he be a more effective quarterback by having to throw it less? Sure. Or if they had a defense as well. Yeah. My my last yeah, question. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, my last question for you was going to be, do you have a, a favorite or um, like a favorite prospect for, for an incoming GM for the Lions? No. No? I nobody. mean, I don't know. You'll right. have to, you know. Who's heard of any of these guys? It's such a wide open field. Yeah, I kind of agree. You know, I, I wasn't sure if he had some, kind of an inside track on any of that or whatever. Unless no, you're, I mean, yeah, yeah. Unless I you're mean, really in the weeds. I mean, right, right. Um, Joe, thanks for you know hanging out with us, us today. We kept you longer than you probably wanted to to be kept. Oh, but, that's fine. I, you know, I, I appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add or anything today? Anything you'd like to promote no. or plug? It's just, uh, you know, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I Thank appreciate you. it. We'll talk to you later, man. No problem. Thank you, sir. Bye. That was our interview with Joe Volk here on the Small Market Podcast. We are having so much fun here <laughs> just recording these intros and outros. Anyways, uh, Joe was super cool to to join us um, kind of at the last minute. I, I got a hold of him over the holiday weekend, and he said yes this morning, so... And got it cleared and everything. Um, I thought he was super interesting. And I, I think that kind of, that takes us to another level, doesn't it, Wataki? One more block. One more we Just block. keep building. Fantastic guest. Um, I thought he was great. Anyways, next week we have, we have our interview with Mr. Herschel Cobb. He's the grandson of Ty Cobb. That's right. Tyrus Raymond Cobb. I have been looking forward to this episode forever, Wataki. He's also author of Heart of a Tiger. Yes. Song. Which which talks about his his relationship with his grandfather Ty, who his relationship with his father and his grandfather Ty Cobb. The yes, the Ty Cobb, the first man ever elected to the to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. This was a, a fantastic interview and uh, I can't wait for you all to hear it and hear the reactions from it. So I just want to plug Heather and Holly one more time at East 20, East 20, 228 East, East Main, Main Street. Street. Thank That's you. That's the best gift shop in town too. They they don't have just chocolates. They they have like all ki- an assortment of candies and all kinds of cool gifts. If there's somebody that's kind of hard to buy for, they've got whatever you're looking for. So go check out Heather and Holly in downtown Midland. And check out your, check out your blog spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is smallmarketpodcast.blogspot.com. 
That's smallmarketpodcast.blogspot.com. We also have an Etsy shop, which we keep failing to mention. Yeah, we'll, boy, we don't really plug that very well. You just got <laughs> right. some, you finally got some logo shirts up there. I've got some logo shirts up there finally. And uh, uh, Mr. Dickinson, we've got one coming your way because you hooked us up with some guests, man. So um, if you haven't gotten it already, well, I spoiled the surprise. Um, again, everybody, thank you for supporting the show. This is Watucky and Hoffman signing off with the Small Market Podcast. You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, send us a message at smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com, or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast backslash blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by the 8-Arm Killer.